What's good, Internet? Welcome to the Waypoint 101 for Super Metroid. Today, Wednesday, September 8th. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today, Patrick Klepek. Hello. And Ricardo Contreras. Yo. We're here to talk about Super Metroid, which we finished playing on stream last week, last Monday. Um, uh, and, and your questions about it, uh, and also just kind of our experience with, with it and with Metroid in general. Uh, I will say immediately that like, I was, I was compelled to immediately start playing. I mean, if you've watched <laughs> the streams, you saw me start well, playing yeah, Fusion. Well, yeah, but, uh, but what you mean is you've been sending us screenshots of you continuing <laughs> to continuing play Continuing to play Metroid Fusion, yeah. Um, which is, which is really interesting because of the differences between those two games, which, which some of these questions that people send in might like tee me up to address but um before we dive in i'm curious what, what you all thought having now both people who played this game at some point in the past maybe multiple times watching me play through it and and how your what your approximation of that game is today in 2021 versus where you last when the last time you really watched it really looked at it mm -hmm. like, did you come away with any new feelings um i feel like this time around for me i've played i played it like maybe twice in my life sure. um the earliest time was i didn't finish it was too too young got frustrated with something i didn't see second time i played it um i got through it but this time so what i did knowing that we were going to stream it i mm -hmm. started a game that i was playing offline and i would play mm. kind of a chunk of it before we streamed and sometimes it would be like you would you would catch up and i would play the next chunk ahead kind of right. or like catch up yeah. and then play the next chunk no wonder you had all those kato tips yeah <laughs> wow interesting that he never mentioned this on yeah. the stream uh -huh. strange um yeah no i just have a really good memory for this game that i've played many times wow and, uh, that explains so <laughs> much of your so commentary much. and like Holy the gut shit. reaction there's so many times where kato goes like <laughs> and like, like doesn't say the thing that and comes I've to fell into the trap once or twice as like an observer but who has like very little me holy shit Kato <laughs> well, mm -hmm. I needed to play it I needed to and play it again anyways I wanted to play to it not mention it during yeah. the stream uh -huh. and only reveal it now when it's too <laughs> yep. late yep uh huh at, go back can we edit you need to edit those VODs your Kato yeah. tips need to be at a hundred like, <laughs> yeah, like, Kato tips a thousand just well, no, here's the thing because sometimes you would overtake you would overtake me often I would not play enough uh -huh. to cover the whole thing so like there's there were some bits that were like oh uh -huh. yeah I just did this I remember <laughs> there's a thing there but most of the time you would blow past it and so like I was the mo only mostly playing catch up at this point at, at right. the second point I'm but, only willing to accept this because of the fact that through your sorcery, yeah. we ended up at 69% discovery. <laughs> so like I'm willing, I'm willing to accept it here yeah. as, as an acceptable loss in yeah, the process of getting true. to a very good uh, conclusion. I number. wish I could say that yeah. I had somehow planned that all along or something, but that was just that was just beautiful I happenstance. Mean, um, that would honestly be that would honestly be remarkable because yeah, that seems honestly, very hard to no. do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this time around, I actually, um, especially like 
And this probably had something like, yes, playing it on stream probably primed me to believe this in some ways, just because I already, I did know stuff like you would go through it and then I'd be like, oh, I already know this. But right, even the parts right. that where I was playing catch up and like doing it for the first time fresh this time, this game came away feeling much more directed than I remember. Huh. Um, I remember the first couple times that I played this game having more trouble figuring out a path forward at times, like hitting roadblocks a couple times where this yeah. playthrough, I was like, oh, this is very, it's directed and it's very well directed, I feel like. like there were very few times where I got frustrated with an area because the, there was always kind of a clear marker of like, oh, well, I guess I'll just go towards the mm-hmm. boss room that's on the map and it'll open up itself up to me. And then if I have to backtrack to get to like finish out the map, then that's that's what will right. happen. But I won't I would hyper I think of the first couple of times I would hyper focus on rooms that I couldn't get to that I thought I could get to things like that, where you're not quite sure if this very tough wall jump is intentional or if it's uh, you um, finding a way to sequence break on accident. Right. Right. This time around, right. I was like, oh, I understand that the wall jump is not really like you could not miss- designing around you having that. Right. You could totally miss that room where the little monkey koala things teach you the wall jump. You could never go in there the whole game. Right. You don't ever right. have to. Right. Um, and so kind of, I guess, just like knowing that going into this one, I found it a much smoother process than my mm-hmm. other playthroughs before. Yeah, I felt like the game had a pretty natural flow in terms of where I go next. Like there, mm-hmm. there. What I think it does really well is, is feel really open. Um, again, I'm playing Fusion now, and Fusion is extremely directed. Like, all right, Samus, now go to Sector Two because there's a fire there. You here's need to the put big out. glowy thing on your map. Literally, also, yes. a prompt that says, "Do you understand what you yeah. need to do? Yes yeah. or no? <laughs> yes." And if you say no, it just plays the the narration again. Um, so much text in that game mm. comparatively. Yeah. Uh, but like, lit- and and when you go into a new zone infusion, it just gives you the map of the entire zone immediately. Right. You don't even have to find a map room. You just like, boom, here it is. Here's the map for the whole place, or not the whole place. Here's the basic map of the place. There might be extra zones that aren't on this map. Right. But like the basic gist of it. And so I, they even went further in that mm. in that direction. But I think that you're right that even in that, it's just. Making explicit the sort of um, the sort of pressure in the game in, in Super Metroid already, where like, all right, I'm moving through this space. Okay, there's a door here. I can't get through this door here. Let me go somewhere else. Or like, trust that the soft impediments are meant to be hard impediments, unless right. you're trying to do something special in sequence break. Like when we blew up the tube and wound up in water that could have taken me up to um, Meridia, where like I could have pushed myself through that bullshit. Like, no, I'm not going to do this. At some point, I believe I'm going to get something that lets me move through this place right. where I'm not underwater. Um, uh, lot, you go into... It's a lot less... It's a lot less uh, uh, clear as a child that's right. like still playing videos. Yes. Like, I definitely spent way too much time trying to jump through Meridia being like, this opened up. Yeah, I can yeah. go in here. Yeah, totally. This is just I, a the, weird challenge is what the water is. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fire or like the heat in uh, that Norfair right. is that uh, is yeah. similar where it's like, you know, and also there are some rooms or some things where you need to where, where if you decide to take the damage before you get the Varia suit, 
you'll be rewarded for it. And so, like, you can sequence break in a light way where I'm like, I'll jump in this lava really quick and bomb this thing and get some extra missiles. Right. Like, why not? Um, so that's, that's, that, you know, but, but, but when you say like, okay, this is a room that's filled with acid or whatever, I'm not going to get through here. They don't expect <laughs> me to get through here yeah. by just, by just, you know, um, uh, damage boosting through it. You're, you're able to kind of find, like feel out the path a little bit. It's like feeling for, for, you know, a turn in a maze or something, you know, right. and, and if you just keep your hand on the wall, you'll get through that maze. Uh, Patrick, how about you as, as someone who's been, it's been, we figured out what? 18 years or something ridiculous yeah i don't think that i've the time for me to reason you know i I probably loaded an emulator at some point like around with it but i i don't think i've done a full playthrough since i played that game on the you know the snes when i when i owned one and and it's interesting because i like as someone that's like a huge platformer person and thus frequently a huge metroid or metroidvania uh person I, I got just as much watch. I, I I didn't feel the compulsion to play this game. Right. You didn't get while. the itch. No. I, and I think <laughs> some of that is due to the fact that uh, having played so many of these games and then watching Super Metroid, it's not that it's rudimentary by comparison, even if that is like true to some degree because it is a foundational text to to what would become like its own genre. Um it's more that I just feel like I've been here, like I've done this, even if right, I haven't done right. this specific thing um, yeah. in this specific game, I've done this. It is so rare for the specifics of a game to be ripped so wholesale, so whole cloth. It It, it is like yeah. the 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 wideness of what is pot, like the possibility space in a Metroid style game. Seeing you replay Super Metroid reveals it to be extremely shallow in general, in which there just has not been a whole lot of experimentation and truly interesting things done like in this genre, which, which you realize when you go back to Super Metroid and go, oh, it's it kind of all just here, <laughs> um, yeah. um, which which makes, you know, in some ways. The fact that I, you know, bounced off a game like Axiom Verge 2, which genuinely tries to do something different by introducing notions of, uh, like, uh, you know, hacking instead of combat, like exploration instead of emphasis. Like, there, it, it's tr- it's trying to take, right. hey, we've taken this structure, we're giving you this familiarity, and we're going to go in a different direction. And it may just be the case that I just don't like the direction that they pushed in right, or didn't right. do it well. Um, but I, I think that was my immediate reaction to your playthrough of Super Metroid was wow. Yeah. Actually, maybe <laughs> there's a reason Nintendo doesn't revisit this all that often because there appears to be such a rigidity to what can even occur in these games, um, which is also part of the reason I like them, right? Like I, I like the itch, but <laughs> um, in some ways it makes me wish there was a little bit more going on in, in this space because it, it kind of feels like Super Metroid accomplished a lot of what the genre, the heights were hit. And then where we've gone in the decades since, I, I you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how many of them have done more than what Super Metroid already it, did. Well, I'll say what it did for me is make me appreciate why I like the other ones that I really like. Um, so like the more castle of the Metroidvanias, the, Va- yeah. the more vania of the Metroidvanias <laughs> that start to lead into RPG stuff where you're leveling up. You're collecting enemy spirits or spells. You're collecting gear. Gate are 
none of that's here, right? You're collecting missiles, you're collecting energy tanks, you're collecting, like, you are improved, your character does improve over the course of play. You're getting new verbs to play with or better, better yeah, We use, like, you know, Symphony of the Night as sort of, like, exactly. other pivot point in terms yes. of, like, like, I, actually, that's a, that's a good example. Symphony of the Night is a, an example of a, a game looking at Super Metroid and wondering, well, what else can we do with this structure? Because I do think the right. RPG elements it's like, huge the enormous map like they're that that is it is taking it is scratching that itch and then also giving you a bunch of other things you want to scratch mm-hmm. <laughs> um um because like I, there's a point in this where we were getting missiles and being like all right cool but there's right. not a point where the numbers go up in in castle in symphony of the night where i'm not like yes numbers went up level up happened on screen that oh, every feel, time still feels great you swing your weapon and like yeah. the uh-huh. pause occurs yep. and like it goes up Always felt good. Always, Always felt, felt good. good. Every time I got a new piece of gear, even if I'm not going to use it, it feels good. And so that's because all those things are distinct and not just more missiles, right? Um, uh, so I think that's a big, big thing. And it, it partly tells me why I went towards that direction when I was playing. I played a lot of those, uh, yeah. met- or a lot of those, those Castlevania games, uh, after, after a Symphony of the Night because they let me scratch that part of the itch. Or when I think about something like Hollow Knight, in the pin, the pin system in Hollow Knight, the badge mm-hmm. system, whatever that was called, mm-hmm. where you can kind of have a build where you're like, okay, I have all these different little passive bonuses that I can put together to change the way the the knight plays. Um, that feels distinct because I'm making choices about who the character is. Also, obviously, Hollow Knight just plays really well, and like maybe the biggest note that that uh, yeah, Super designers- Metroid is clunky. Huh? Say it again. As a Super Metroid is clunky. It's real clunky. Maybe that's the the biggest thing that improved. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely the biggest thing that improved between Fusion and Super Metroid. Fusion feels good to play. Fusion feels good to play all the way through. So I, uh, they learned even with less buttons somehow. I don't know. I think the control scheme is better in Fusion for sure. But I yeah. feel like they lost a little bit of the the speed. And like I played Super Metroid. Yeah, that's I true. Moved the buttons around so that I could always be holding Run. And like played that the game that way, uh, which sure that'll do it. Does feel yeah. a little better. Like I, I would all I'm, yeah. Which they kind of yeah. tried to do in Fusion in that there is no run button. You're always kind of running. You're but always it's still running, but it's a slower. slower. It's a slower. Yeah, it's slower. Yeah. I mean, Fusion feels built for. I mean, this is the biggest thing I'm noticing. Right. Fusion feels built for a portable system in so many ways, and like playing it at a desk takes away. From, like I think Fusion's sector system, where they give you a clear goal, is perfect for a car ride. Right, uh, it's less, chunks. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I finished mm-hmm. a chunk. Boop, save. Super done. Metroid does not, fe- even though it is divided no. into sections, there are not clear. All right, you've done it. Like, right, especially right. like it feels like a game. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since I played Fusion. Probably since it came out. Two, I guess two thousand two when I when yeah. I saw those, those <laughs> opening credits. Uh, you know, battery life was not the same right as as it used to be. True. Um, mm-hmm. and uh. So, you know, I, you could imagine they're designing games, uh, you know, with the understanding that, like, look, we need to be able to get, even though you could put the, you know, <laughs> as you pointed out, the sleep mode. The sleep mode. Um, which I yeah. completely <laughs> forgot, it, <laughs> yep. uh, forgot existed in, in, in some games. Um, you, you can see how they're taking the idea of Super Metroid um, or Metroid games in general. Of, like, you have these different worlds, but Super Metroid doesn't, at least not until the end, like, feel like you're checkboxing like a yeah. section like you know there's always something else you can go do something else you can go explore and i'm sure that's also true of fusion it's true of the metroid series you know uh you know uh on a larger scale mm-hmm. but it also feels like fusion is more interested in being like cool like you're good like yep. you can you can take a breather and go do something else and, and come back yeah 
Whereas here, I, I like that. I do like that about Super Metroid in terms of it. That's part of its character. That's not like a a problem, but that that kind of blurriness around completion is is part of what makes it good. Um, you know, we were not one hundred percent sure we cleared out a lot of spaces, and we didn't clear out. You know, we didn't finish. Yeah, sixty nine percent implies right. There was a nice amount of game left for you to find. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, there were a of lot course, of missiles. What is the max missile count in Super Metroid? Oh, Do we know? Question. I don't know. You but had that, what? One hundred and thirty in the mid mid thirties. Yeah. All right, here we go. I'm looking at this. I, can I get? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, Sorry. You already said one hundred. I, right. um, I already said the number. I'm gonna guess. Guess the rest though. Yes, I'm gonna guess one eighty. No, I did not say one hundred. Oh, you didn't. Oh, no. oh, then I'm gonna say. Oh, then I'm gonna say three fifty. No, two thirty. All right. 200, 230, huh. 50 super missiles. Wow. 50, 50 power bombs. You had 30 power. 30, somewhere in 30, you had like 30-ish of the 30 super missiles on each. And, the, yeah. and, the, and the power bombs. 14 <laughs> energy tanks, which I must have been at like eight. I think I was at seven yeah. across and then another one. Four reserve tanks, which I knew because there's only slots for four, basically. And then and then all the stuff we got. You know what I learned? The power bombs for, for useless items. Useless. Completely I mean, good for useless. better for exploration than anything else. Yeah, right. But, well, but then also, if- also mm-hmm. the charge moves that they don't teach you unless you yeah. let the game idle. Technically, yeah. use the power bombs. Yeah, which I true. actually ended up using at the end. Uh, the ice. Word? The ice shield is real great when you're facing those Metroids. Just like fuck mm-hmm. off, get off me. Mm-hmm. You can't get near me. <laughs> Ice uh, is their bad against ice. I've yeah, learned. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's get into some questions, and 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 some of these we already touched on a little bit, but we'll we'll develop our thoughts. Anonymous writes in and says, "What lessons were learned? Uh, I've played through Super Metroid countless times, and it's uh, pure joy watching Austin discover it for the first time. My question is: Is there anything you can think of which Super Metroid did which you wish other games in the genre would do? For example, most games in the genre make the minimap more helpful, but maybe it's not better to do so. In some ways, I think it's special how opaque the map in Super Metroid is, leaving so much left for people to discover on their own. But I recognize accessibility issues which result. I'd love to see minimap helpfulness be a configurable option in settings. I I think they're going again, going to fusion has been weird because that gives me more map than I want, but it gives me something that Metroid doesn't have, which is doors. Doors on maps. Doors on right. maps, please. Thank you. Yeah. If I have a map, I'm going to write, there's a door here I can't unlock. Um, Metroid, Super Metroid did, of course, does give you the, there's a thing here that you've seen that you can't get to. Or there's a thing here, I don't know, that your sensors are picking up in the corner of this room that you haven't opened yet. You, know, you haven't figured out how to get to yet or whatever. And that's useful. But not knowing where the doors were was so frustrating yeah. throughout that game um, in a way that was like, it took away a little bit from the exploration because so much of what I like about this genre is to go go back go back through and grab stuff. Hey, I got this new tool. Now I can open this. And like I just I'm not not going to remember where all the different doors are. You know, I'm just not going to. I think we got a, a solid amount of stuff in the end, but uh, a nice amount of stuff at the end. But <laughs> the uh the lack of that the, of the door thing I think was a bummer. But is there anything else here that stood out to you that we were like, "Damn, no other game, no it's it's too rare that games in the genre actually still do this thing." Uh I, Oh, go ahead, Kata. I was just going to say I personally end up enjoying a lot especially because of the way that i played it with like the run button held down the the floatiness of samus's jump like she can go high yeah. like real she high, high. and there's can. like a lot of um spaces that are really vertical in that way that are not a pain to move through where like 
sometimes verticality Speak for yourself in, buddy uh, well i am this is what i'm saying like i enjoyed it but, and i i mean i think i just kind of yeah. like uh in like got into that intuitive rhythm of what that jump was like and like got yeah. good at it near the end um and you know that's obviously going to be different for everyone whether or not yeah. like it like yeah. fit it like you know clicks but it did click for me and i enjoyed that part and i feel like it was interesting to see a game where uh, the vertical, like in like a Castlevania game, for example, you don't have a lot of vertical leap normally, or at least the ones that I, the I've only played like two right, of them. Right, right. Um, and it's, so verticality is used as like a kind of gating mechanism, which it is in the early bit of Metroid. But then once you get the mm-hmm. space jump and this, it like completely opens up and it lets them have these really tall uh, areas that you kind of like have to maneuver up and down between different uh zones which i i enjoyed that that sort of like we're not just thinking left to right uh mm-hmm. to when we're positioning things like the 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 space pirates on the walls is a, always a good bit for me yeah, like, and they yeah. jump across that space and you have to not get knocked off the platform you're on mm-hmm. and that kind of encounter feels the- very specifically metroid the tall, um, the tall like tower rooms that connect, I liked a lot. But my the weakest point of this game for me was Meridia for sure, and a big part yeah. of that was my horizontal progress being um, stopping because I fell through a, a hole in the floor and and couldn't like I was I felt so frustrated in Meridia because I was like I just want to clear this room out and I couldn't because I fell into a pit or because the floor fell out from under me and I and I, that's part of the the texture of of a, of any game is is kind of uh, disrupting the player goal and and making them go the long way around or whatever. But and I never got the what what is the actual double jump thing called or the infinite jump called the screw attack. The screw attack. I like never mastered that feel. I mean, you saw down to the very wire where it took me uh it took me a long time in the in the escape to like slow down and yeah. settle into the proper rhythm for it. It never felt good to me. I like the I like the floaty jump. Uh, because it makes it makes Samus feel hefty in a way, even yeah. though you're even though it should be the opposite in some way. Like this is video game feel is weird like this, where you would think if she was big and heavy, she would just fall down like a rock. But the fact that she like lifts, you could kind of feel the weight of the thing in the air is really good. I I, I do like that a lot. Um, uh, and I like nailing when I did manage to like sneak through the hole in the wall or whatever, or <laughs> right. do the yeah. do the wall jumps right. I like the wall jumps. Uh, once I got them, I like solving things with wall jumps which again is it any wonder that wall jumps end up becoming a core part of the genre over time and not just a side thing you can do um uh but but yeah i i i that for me was was one of the things that um i felt like the uh, it still gets used to good value or to to, in good ways i think you go down to the hollow nest is that what it's called in in hollow knight the like the dark nest dark nest is what it's called sure uh you know what i mean you fall down that long hole and you're like well fuck i'm down here now Mm -hmm. um i don't (laughs) think that that should not be in the toolbox but but the way it was deployed here kind of kind of frustrated me because it was like not one big fall down the down the into into a shithead place it was constantly through meridia me like losing track of of my ability to just clear out a single specific room um and and it was gated around my skill set not around what samus could do at that point was around like can i execute on the jumps so the answer was like not really <laughs> um it, i think i it, wish it did sorry go ahead. Go, ahead, go ahead patrick well i was gonna say uh it was interesting to watch you play fusion right after super metroid because i think the thing 
And this is not just a commentary on like the arc of like how Metroid does its storytelling, but the genre, like just video games as a whole. Like yeah. mm-hmm. Super Metroid just shuts the fuck up. Yep. Um, yes. yes. And it makes every bit of text or explicit world building that it does have so much weight. Yes. You know, like the the moment one of those statues moves. The yeah. fact that it says, you know, Metroid 3. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like those are such tiny touches, but because the game is full, has very little of them, the tiny touches feel enormous. And it's yep. not just about how it leads to fun speculation on the player's part to do their own world building and filling in the gaps because you part of what I think is striking about Super Metroid and, and the Metroid games is like one and two, despite the fact that I've not played them, I've watched enough of them to know that they are, you know, playing in a similar space. And I think Super Metroid just crystallizes it right. um, is you never get the impression that the designers don't have an answer that like this is put here for a reason. Like you right, may not right, know right. the reason you don't know the A to B to C, but it all are feels, they all space pirates? Are they monsters? Yeah, who could say? yeah. Like, but it, it it all feels very deliberate. And you know, f- uh, fusion is like you know has walls of text to start the game. And if you just compare even just the intros of yeah. Metroid Fusion to Super Metroid, there is such an ele- like there's an elegance to Super Metroid top to bottom that the genre as a whole, video games as a whole, just like when. Constraint no longer became an issue. Uh, game developers feel the need to fill that space in the same way that, uh-huh. you know, you record a podcast and it's hard to let dead air occur because you feel the need to fill it. Uh, Super Metroid is smart enough to understand either as a result of we don't know how to do storytelling in video uh-huh. games, um, which is probably part A, and then deliberate choices on on the part of you know, the writers, I mean, there were no writers in this era, but, you know, oh, I mean, designers this, this is, and, yes. and programmers, of- people acting as writers. I, I wrote a whole piece about Ratchet and Clank, mm-hmm. couple, you know, earlier this summer, you know, a, a game, you know, a series, like, well liked for its story and characters that didn't have a writer until like three or four games in. Um, <laughs> and so, like, this didn't exist in that era. But like, yeah, the, the long and short of it is just, I like how much space it gives itself to breathe and it feels wholly unique revisiting it that wow like it it just like it, there there's just so much that it's doing here by not doing things and games these days have a frenetic energy to them that even games that are slower paced and and like deliberate still have an energy to them that like isn't present here I'm reminded of a uh you know in in the on the waypoint discord there's been lots of conversation about uh, Super Metroid and about Fusion and about uh, a bunch of other things and and, and about other M for instance um, <laughs> and Eidolon in the chat raised a a quote uh, or at least a paraphrase of someone from the Hyperlight uh, Drifter team saying the reason we didn't put writing in our game is because there were no writers on the team. <laughs> and it's like yeah know that yeah. you can't do it like know that that's a skill set the same with it than art that art is a skill set. And so, like, do the evocative thing and, and you know, maybe the, I still believe that Hyperlight Drifter has, like, a mythology and it has, yes. like, a, uh, a a story is still there. But it's not leaning on dialogue and, and descriptive prose because they didn't have people on the, on the team to, like, do that. Um, and, and it's a much more evocative and, and solid game than and it's also than not it, required. Right. Like, Super right. Metroid is not a better game no. with dialogue. 
At look, look at Fusion. Like that dialogue that, ga- that game so good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Like the the writing in Fusion actively detracts from it has what it has is, done that doing from I, 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 the again. I think I I get it around things like the navigation. I get to they're trying to develop Samus out as a character, but like Adam, I understand that people don't like other M because of the stuff that happens with Adam. It's it's here. It's already here. Her being like, I loved how he called me lady is already here. Her being like, he was so strong and, and stern. It's already here. <laughs> and like, no wonder it developed into that direction because I bet that game got a bunch of good reviews that was like, Samus finally feels like a character now that she's doing monologues every time she's in an elevator. Um, right. Anyway, um, my big, my, the big thing I think that, that I wish more games more metroidvanias did that this did builds on what you just said which is like use up op- use non um use non uh kind of dialogue non-descriptive text use use the game to tell parts of the story or to communicate something about the characters um my favorite moment in this game is when you fight the fake chozo and it catches a <laughs> missile and throws yeah. it away right mm-hmm. um uh, there's a bit where I hit the ball, or I managed to get a one-hit kill on a boss by grappling into an electric vent thing, and and yeah. the the I like conducted electricity through me into the into the boss, and it instant kills the boss. Like little things like that are so fucking flavorful and and good. And there's a bunch of that stuff throughout yeah. this game. Uh, they use a lot. They take a lot of opportunities to be to, to give you the moment where you're like, "Oh shit!" I mean, anytime you even fight in the first time you fight a new space pirate, and you're like, "Ah oh, fuck, I got to use my missiles." And then when you fight another one, the missile bounces off. Like anytime that like that that stuff communicates. Okay, well, I'm fighting a stronger one of these things. Um, I think the bosses did it the most. Um, lots of uh, here's a big one that I that is like, yeah, as I play Blasphemous, for instance, which I, I'm liking Blasphemous, but like bosses where the solution isn't you shoot them until they die or you hit them until they die. Um, uh, uh, rip to crocodile, not crocodile, Crocomire, 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 who <laughs> Crocomire like, Dundee, Crocomire Dundee, where I Crocomire done dead is what it actually <laughs> done dead. Uh, but like the you can watch me play that that fight and slowly realize, like, okay, there's a there's a gimmick here, there's a thing I have to do here. We're, we're playing tug of war. Mm-hmm. Um and I need to be consistent and I need to just make the hits like I need to, to bait out the right thing and then counter with this. Um, that's probably my one of my favorite fights in the game because I was able to execute on the pattern I saw to win and and you know I didn't have a lot of trouble with the bosses. I think I I died a lot on Ridley because of the situation, the, the bad save state. Um, uh, probably could have just powered through that with full everything. Um, I died on Mother Brain like twice. I want to say maybe, maybe yeah, twice. I think is right. Um, and then I died uh, uh, once on the Spore Monster. I want to say, um, uh, and in but but in a number of those cases, it was like I think I'm doing a thing that should. Get, I, I think I know what I need to do. The execution on it is just not coming for me, or like I'm not. I'm so I'm struggling with the control so much that I can't quite execute on what I want to do here. And the the Krakenmeyer fight, because it was not just do a bunch of damage and instead was like, all right, just focus on this rhythm, ended up being a real standout for me. Um, and I, I wish more um, Metrovanias would have fights like that where like the solution was environmental or the solution was not as simple as do the damage over and over again. Um, but that's, you know, you know, in fact, in fact, thinking about this even more broadly, if you think about 
Souls games as being an inheritor of the genre in a real way. Mm-hmm. I think about there's a fight in Sekiro where you fight a big armored guy um, that is a, feels like a Super Metroid fight to me. Um, <laughs> do you know the one I'm talking about? You fight yeah. the guy on the bridge, yeah. and you got to like trick him to Ro- Robert. I'm like, the, does he yell Robert or his name Robert? <laughs> Robert. <laughs> yeah. I think that mm, that might be mm, that yeah. be his son. I guess. Uh, yeah, I think that's his son. I'm pretty sure based on where I'm that sure is. I'm sure we'll find out area. in Sekiro too. Can't wait. I think <laughs> I think the name of that enemy might just be Armored Warrior. <laughs> Good, um, great. Anyway, uh, I love that fight, and that fight yeah. feels like something. I don't think you get there without Super Metroid being like. Hey, do do a fun gimmick fight sometimes. Yeah. Um, also, I mean, yeah, something the, else would have done that, but the, the Souls games, you know what they're also good at? Shutting the fuck up. Mm, um, yeah. You know, Sekiro's an, an exception because they were deliberately trying, yeah, like a different storytelling tact that I, I think was fairly successful at like still straddling yeah. the line of what they what they do. But you know, demons, dark, you know, a Bloodborne, Bloodborne like yeah. all all various forms of writing and dialogue, but still used in a, a sense that evokes the same. Sp- like space as yeah. as a super metroid yeah. um or at least as it you know strikes you as games that they are thinking and those games have a ton of writing a shitload of writing and yeah. it's, it's you know it's just all predominantly yeah. in item descriptions yeah um yeah. like it's it's the context which, in which i would the love write- which i guess you it's said the context I should go play- in which the writing is presented right, right. Like you said i should go play metroid prime because it does that with scans or whatever right yeah yeah yes. Right. yes 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 where it's like optional in a real way if you want to go down that in the same way that item descriptions are. It's and not it's like, funny because by, by presenting in Prime and presenting it uh, in scan form got me to engage and read it in a way that I right. don't do in Souls because Souls is just picked up the weapon. Now I got to go to my pause menu. You know what I mean? Like it, it makes yeah, yeah, it like yeah. a, it makes it a collection mechanic that, yeah. that gets at something that I enjoy in games and thus ended up reading a lot more of the stuff there than I would, you know, that makes in, sense. A, in a Souls game. Um, someone want to read this next one here from Anonymous. Marked uh, favorite areas. I mean, that kind of sums it up. But I'll let them let them say the damn thing. Uh, from Anonymous, yeah, Metroid always fascinated me in the variety of environments. There is the alien, but still almost understandable. Uh, red soil areas of Lower Brinstar, the green living floor looking areas of Upper Brinstar, and the completely wild areas of just globs of goo in Norfair. <laughs> I also feel it evolves in a really organic way as well as you go deeper. The environment's got less familiar or some of your favorite areas in the environment in Super Metroid. Man, go shit. Yeah, go, go shit. shit. Go, go ship is shit. good. It has the most character, like specific character. Yeah. Of and, and again, I think go ship. I'm and when I say it has the most character, I don't even necessarily mean to imply I wish the rest of the game had that. Because mm-hmm. I think it it, it falls yeah, it in line out. with like the conservative nature in the storytelling in detail that is present throughout super metroid um which is that the reason ghost ship stands out is because it's like oh damn like a specific thing happened here and um it's a case in which it's doing some very specific environmental storytelling and it benefits by being isolated and unique as opposed to that being the you know the the methodology throughout the course of the the entire game, so that stands yeah. out. It, Suddenly, you're in system shock. So. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. There's ghosts in that ship. Well, look at these robots. These dumb, these oh dumb robots. God. What are they doing? <laughs> so good. Donk, What's donk, the name? Donk, of the, donk, do we have a donk. name for that one friend who digs out all the sand? 
I don't remember the name of that robot, but that was a great one. Digger friend. friend. Robot. That was yeah. the name. Robot friend. friend. That you like um, immediately murked God on entering yeah, that well, room. Yeah. To be good. fair, you mostly kill things. Yeah, in this no, game. it's you totally it's totally what they want you to do and then realize, oh wait, something's ah, wrong shit, with this I weird. Need that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um what's the what's the one with the good so I mean all the music in this game is great. Uh but yeah. is it lower is it is it lower Norse? What's the Norfair? Is it the Norfair music that which just the, absolutely the T Pain one or the T Pain one? The T Pain one, one. I think it's that's Brinstar. Brinstar. It's underground yeah. Brinstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I finally went and watched that video. That's good. That's, that's very good. good. Yeah. Um. Uh. That's probably my favorite area. Is is or or that's my favorite vibe. I think ghost ship or is it ghost ship or is it crash? It's wrecked, it's wrecked ship. Wrecked ship. We know it's a ghost really ship because there's something ghosts, ghosts on there. There's ghosts yeah. on there. You know what? I will say another thing about Norfair that I actually like a lot is I really thought we were done Norfair when yes. we like wrapped it and then you come back and go, oh there's a lot more Norfair. Which at the time was kind of frustrating because I was like, I just want to wrap up and just finish this game. But the the uh, I like that you, that that feeling of like I did a lot of exploration there, and then getting back and being like, no, I didn't. <laughs> There's way more here. <laughs> yeah. Now I have the var- the Varia suit. Um, Kato, do you want to read this next one from? Uh, it says Dia here. <laughs> Dia. Hmm. Sub- subject line. Lol. That's not a subject uh, line. That's what I wrote to oh, summarize okay. <laughs> my feelings about. Okay. And all of these Sorry. are me summarizing. Things. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. All right. Because most people just wrote it and said Metroid, Metroid. question in the subject. Right. That makes sense. That, the, the lol is uh, Dia responding to all any and all of my yes. comments on oh the Soul God. series. Yeah, that's true. Which controls more like dog shit, Super Metroid or <laughs> Castlevania 2 Simon's Quest? Sub-question. Which rips harder despite how terrible the jumping feels? <laughs> Much love, Dia. Look. Look. I cannot believe you put fucking Simon's Quest next to Super Metroid in terms of feeling of jumps. No, I get it. No! <laughs> what? I haven't played yeah. Simon's Quest. You should, oh. you should play it. It's bad. Uh, it has some cool <laughs> shit. I, it's been, it has been, I, I I'm saw mad. this and I had to think about how long it's been since I played through Castlevania 2 and the answer is 25 years. Yeah, I haven't touched Ca- so- Castlevania. I entered through Super Super Castlevania. Like that, okay. that was. So you never played the I, NES ones? No. I wholly disagree with this, with the the uh-huh. fucking the premise premise of this. Yeah, Me question. It's a great point. I think here's the thing. I think that Super Metroid's jumping is weird. It is odd. It is not yeah. what you expect out of video game jumping, but it is also very. It feels very deliberate. When you want to go up, you don't want to hit the the directional buttons and go into a spin you want to jump straight up and then move in the air and you have enough control to kind of get from ledge to ledge that way when you're trying to make more vertical progress but if you want to make you know horizontal progress the spin jump gets you further like it's like there's two different modes of jumping what about when i need to spin jump to get up a high thing straight up above me you don't need to spin jump you just yes i do no this is what I'm saying. I, what? Like, there's two no, different. No, no, no. Kata, there are times when I had to climb towers, yeah. and I had to spin jump to do that. Oh, you mean uh, the 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 uh, fucking 
the screw attack jump, the the one yeah, that you bounce yes, yes. for, yeah, which you I can don't... only do when you, which you can only do. Are you talking about the you... escape at the end? No, th- throughout or... all of that back half of that, the, the final stream of that game was me not being able to do the thing I'm talking about. Yeah, there's hours of me failing at the thing I I'm talking think... about, which is like there's a whole two screen lengths up that I need to get to, mm-hmm. and the easiest way for me to do that would be to be able to do the screw attack. But quickly is it easiest up. if it's hard for you to execute the screw attack? Wouldn't it be easier for you to jump up the path that was there? Is a path of platforms there? No, because that was also never easy for me. Right. Neither of those things, those were equally hard yeah. for me because of how this jump fell. And, like, obviously this is just a, a difference in, like, yeah, of course, uh, of taste course. here. But, like, yes. I absolutely felt that the, like, having the the, the jump, um, the, like, straight vertical jump have a lot yeah. of um, kind of... Uh, you can you still have a lot of movement in the air if you will decide like mm-hmm. oh I need to go really up and then over just a little bit to get just onto the next bit. ledge. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, like that felt good. And then like having the difference between the that and the spin jump, like having those two be d- deliberate differences, felt good to me. Um, I literally, I mean, if I, you go watch this video, the thing that's so fascinating is you can see when I liked the platforming and it's the first half of this game. Right. And like, right. as they introduce more of, as they start to expect me to, to veer from the core thing you're talking about, which works so well, and also then do the double jump or the grapple hook, which eventually I got the grapple hook down, but like, yeah. but the th- I, here's a great example of where I think these controls are clunky is if you hold L and R, you aim up on the ground to shoot. But right. if you're jumping and hit L and R, you aim up into the right or up into the left, depending on which direction you're facing. Yeah. And like there's I, I would I never internalize that because it doesn't make sense to me because right. that's no. not it's not universalized. It's something um, so you have to you have to change in yourself to like yes, fit the mold yes. of the game, which is like, 100%. you know, it's not what you really want out of a control scheme. Right. Um, right. I think it's also like there were times when you would fall out of spin jumps. And yes. I, for the longest time, wasn't realizing why. It turns out if you even if you hit up or down while you're spin yep. jumping, you will stop spin jumping. Which, and it's like let not me tell super you about the fucking. Let me tell you about the, the pro D-pad. Poke. Yeah, exactly. Not not good for it. Not great. Because you just constantly fall out of it. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, so that's the other thing. Right, so I'm not playing on a. I wasn't playing on an NES pad. Right, I bet if right. I was playing on a better D, or a better D pad at all. At some point, someone suggested that I just plug my Xbox 360 controller or my Xbox One controller in because they like the D-pad on that more. And I was like, yeah, that's probably a thing I could do, but <laughs> let me just commit to yeah. that. I, yeah, I definitely... Simon's Quest does control like dog shit. I'm sorry. That one, like absolute dog that shit. one fe- feels bad no matter what. And a night and day cycle. Have you not seen the this game NPCs before, Patrick? Or, this is Zelda 2, but Castlevania, yeah, baby. but Castlevania. Wow. Yeah. Uh, also some really, really rough, like, uh, you want a game that does not uh, give you information that you need to progress? Yeah, everything, everything Quest, about this Wikipedia uh, entry is screaming, play it with a walkthrough. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying this game sounds great, but I'm saying, you know, I, I see the comparison. Big swings. Big swings. Big swings, you know? big prizes. That's right. I'm excited to get said. into That's a Twitter said. fight with Dio over this. This will be okay, fun. Okay, good. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh-huh. Um, Sin writes in and says, people frequently get frustrated with Metroidvania games because they don't know where to go next. To some extent, this experience is built into the genre. The world is a puzzle box, and your growing list of abilities is a set of oddly shaped keys. Mm, Games like a that try to key and a helmet key. Uh-huh, and, right. and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> the games that try to correct for this frustration catch flack for being too handholdy, or even get reclassified as an action adventure or an action platformer with Metroidvania elements. On the other hand, games that lean into it uh, can come off as mind-numbingly obtuse. How much direction? 
is too much direction? When does something cross the line from being engaging an engaging exploration puzzle into being too a too clever trick that can only be solved with game facts? Are there any games in or adjacent to the genre that you think thread the needle particularly well? I think that God. we've been pretty clear on this one in terms of our own tastes, but Kato? I think there's a... There's a certain line here that I think is maybe just is, is more of a personal thing, but like I really enjoyed my time in Hollow Knight until I left it for just a little too long and then came back yeah, and looked sure. at the map and was not sure what I was doing. Yeah. And like I could I not back, pick up the track of where I, I was. I fully have to start over like you or like, yeah. like you're talking about, right? And I think that is a line that like I think you could drop Super Metroid for a while, come back, look at the map, and be like, "Oh, there's a gap here. I can at least move mm-hmm. towards that." Or, "I'm in the root. I'm in this space, and there's a boss still in Norfair. Like, how do I get there?" Right, and that'll lead right. you to the right path or like the next thing to do, right? Yeah. And I feel like that 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 is kind of a one of my personal like litmus tests. Is just like, if will I be completely lost if I, uh you know take a take a small gap and like don't really remember exactly what i was trying to do when i last dropped it like that's Mm -hmm. kind of a good space for like how puzzly versus how uh directed i guess um a thing could be but i don't know yeah like that's 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 a good i think that's a a good um a a good you know test your example case for the for for that God, I'm thinking if there's anything that like really crosses the line for me because like again, I fell off Hollow Knight, but I surprise, I fell off Hollow Knight for the platforming reasons, right? Which right. is like I was just wasn't enjoying some of the really difficult well, stuff, I, and you, including I optional you, I, you stuff. You hit the point that the, there's a specific point in Hollow Knight that folks really don't the White Palace or something like that. I forget. I think what that's the, right. That sounds right. It's a sequence mm-hmm. in which the platforming goes from being one of many features of Hollow Knight to being hey. Like we need this you to be really, we now. need you to be really good at platforming. Where I I crack my fingers and roll my sleeves. Like, and go, finally, let's go to town. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was thinking about this question, uh, I like one of the things that I you know watching you replay it and like talking about. I think about maps a lot in in how games like this handle maps because I think mm-hmm. that is critical to what this question is getting at in terms of what does it mean for a game to be too handholdy? What does it mean for a game to uh, create a sense of mystery. Um, and my preference is I like when games, these types of games backfill information for you at a point where you're no longer interested in the mystery. And you're just trying to accomplish things. And so what I mean by that is I don't really like what Metroid fusion does, which is just, and here's the doors and right. all the iconography. Right. Um, what I, what I do like is, Having that either filled in as I discover it, getting a chance to mark that on a map. Although realistically, I actually don't like marking maps up. I like I think it's a neat idea <laughs> when games give you the option to do that. But really, what I want you to do is just like just write that it's a blue door. Like we're right, cool. Right, right. Like I don't once need to you've put the, seen that. It's once a blue I've door. seen it, um, right. um, go ahead and 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 put that in. But I I like like early in a game like Hollow Knight, like I do. Or any of those games that give you like little options of the map. Like I like like putting down like a question mark or whatever the right, equivalent right, right. is. But then I enjoy that when games later go, you know what? We're just you found the item. Like now it's mm-hmm. just marked on your on your map. Um because it allows me it rewards 
I get the I get the the adventure and the curiosity and the mystery. And then when it becomes all of these games hit a certain point where you just want to go find all the things or like fill out the map or see the percentage point go up. And I like when those games respond to that natural arc and desire and just give you more detailed info information. And I, I feel like that's a way in which these games can maintain senses of mystery while also like the completionist aspect of it is like an that's an intractable part of the genre. And I, and I right. like when they, you know, I've, you know, although Ratchet and Clank is not really one of these types of games. Um, you know, I've mentioned before, I really like how three fourths through the most recent one on PS five, you just get an item that says, Hey, we know you've like looked through nine tenths of these maps and you just didn't walk into the corner and find yeah. like this part of the map that then put this icon on it. We've put them all out there for you. Right, and right. Um, that's an example of a, like when games meet me halfway on like the, the, the mystery and the exploration, yeah. but also just, we know you're going to want to do all the stuff. And I, so I, I think like fusion goes too far. I think it fits what like the concept yeah, I, of how the game think, was made, the platform and, that it's on. I'm sort of like abstracting that. As and like the a, time as that it piece. came out. Yes. That, yes. that is like the early two thousands is when games began to correct towards being because they become increasingly complex, how do we onboard people to right. that complexity? Mm. How do we lay out a, a red carpet for people? Which then, of course, games culture would backlash to by the late 2010s, where you get all of the like, stop holding my hand shit, which then, of course, grows into the get good Dark Souls. Well, and if you, fandom, if you look right? at the, the uh, line, there's a straight line there. And if you remove Metroid from its own genre and just think of it as an action adventure game, uh, like, the Metroid games like tilted towards adventure and mm -hmm. then twil tilted towards action, right? Like a fusion right. is like a heavier hand on the action, less of a, a hand on the adventure. If you're thinking of the adventure part being like that core mystery and wandering mm -hmm. around and getting lost. And that's also, you know, a reason why people really liked, I really liked like Metroid Prime. Like it found yeah. like Metroid Prime feels like it, it gets a better sense of like while still giving you like a lot of modern, you know, map and ex exploration elements, but just finding a way like, well, how do we give people these tools? Right. While also finding the right balance between action and, and adventure. And I, I feel like if you, if you think of it, Metro style games and you strip out like why we call them Metroidvanias and the specifics, then if you think of them as like action adventure games, like how are those dials being tuned is mm -hmm. like, I think is getting at what this question is is speaking to is uh, i think i have to uh, i put asking you austin because uh you are playing fusion right now yeah how much of that space is there like extras to because i feel like i remember there being a bit where like you get the map of what the space station is but you yeah. end up in like the walls and pipes enough that yeah. isn't part of the regular map um, Often, like, and it, that's where the... Most sections have big, big additional areas that right. are not. I'll, I'll post the a full map that I just looked at. Not, you know, one second. Uh, let's grab this. There we go. Um, where I think, looking at this, right. I believe the purple is what you get the first time you go into a place. Right, okay. Via the, the navigation room, which in most cases is about half. In some cases, it's more than half. In some cases, it's much less than half. Right, yeah. Um, so there's plenty to find, and some of this stuff is, like, uh, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like the the main path, right? Right. Um, critical. Uh, yeah. Critical. Critical path. And, and then and then some of it is not. Some of this is just like here's a, some missiles, right? right. Um, uh, so it's a, it's a pretty healthy mix with certain areas being broader than others. But I, I find it a much more linear game. All said, for sure. Because for sure. mostly because it's like no, just go to the sector. And then once you have the bones of the sector, you can kind of fill in the rest yourself, right? right? Which is part of the joy of it is like, oh, okay, I have to get over here. That means there has to be a, a secret wall or, a, or something breakable in this vertical, you know, this this vertical vent or yeah. whatever. There has to be some way over to the east from here. I think um, so, I think that yeah, mix without that mix without the navigation, like if you took the navigation computer out, but still like you got most like part of the map, but then it still had to like do the thing you're saying where you have to figure out how to, oh, there must be a secret path between these two yeah. objects and things like that. I think that's a, a what I'm, that's more what I, rem- in my memory, I mean, fusion is like, uh, yeah, and yeah. part of that is probably me just buttoning through the navigation stuff as quickly as possible when I was a kid anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, that is kind I mean, of the like thing the mix that I think I like in general. The yeah. thing that Super Metroid does that that is better in my or that that fit that that it's is, the same, is more to taste, similar, yeah, more to taste for me is that the the map rooms are not right away in each right. sector. Right. The map you find the map room. The map room is a fun thing to find because yeah. like oh shit okay here's which where I exactly am. speaks to my point, which yeah. is yeah. let mm-hmm. let you explore, have the yep. fun, and then the game's like cool. You got a sense of the space. You got a sense of what's going on. Yep. We're going to fill in the rest for you, yeah. and you're still going to get the joy of and there's, scanning. You're still going to get the joy Which is the Hollow Knight thing, too, right? right? Hollow Knight, you could buy the map once you yes. find the guy, right? Yep. Right, yeah. right. And there's still, even in Super Metroid, there's still things that aren't on that map, right? Like, that map is the area that they've the pirates have mapped out, and there are tunnels right, right, and right. things yes, that you yes, yes, find yes. in between that still right totally. like i think that part is also important like even if it does give you a map that there still be a few hidden things that aren't included that are like extra yeah. treats you know yeah totally totally um i'm trying to think if there's anything else here in terms of other games and other genres i i you know i think going thinking about the ways in which this game you know has and the genre kind of grew over time um the way it influenced the genre over time rather um, I think that one of the things that I was, that I, one of the games I put in this, in this box in my head a lot is the Arkham, is Arkham Asylum, the first of the Arkham games, mm. which like feels, and my mom was like, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good Metroidvania, but I like never felt lost in that game in right. the, in the productive good way, in the like, where the fuck am I way? And the other thing that I, I hadn't thought about until now is even with my complaints about the way even with my really with my lack of of skill at at controlling samus in this game i still prefer moving through old map in 2d metroidvanias and in super metroid specifically more than in like when i had to backtrack in arkham asylum it mm-hmm. always felt like a bummer to me it was just like oh my just let me fucking go find the the joker or who the fuck yeah. ever i'm going after like i don't want to go back through this big courtyard that moving through, and I like, I, I like some of, I, I like Arkham Asylum, but I, but I don't think that it does like, it does not have the joy of being a platformer in that way. I feel, and I often feel the same way about like the Souls games, um, which, which maybe this is like a key difference in between 3D and, and 2D games that are in this, mm-hmm. in this genre space, or maybe this is just about their focus on combat versus being a focused on exploration. Right. But like, I like the Souls games a lot, but I just replayed Dark Souls 1 for the first time in years, and 
you know, there were multiple times I was like, I had a fucking, you know, before you get the Lord Vessel, you just have to walk back through a bunch yep. of stuff. And it's like, <laughs> I'm not having God. a great time. Like, uh, even if I've killed everything already, even if it's already cleared out, or even if it's the enemies aren't anything, where I'm just like, yeah, I, the movement isn't fun enough right. for me to be um, taking, having a good time. And also the distances are very far, mm-hmm. like genuinely much further than getting from wherever I was here, you know, again, mostly that's because these are game. the Super Metroid is a game where like you go into a section, you do the thing you're doing in the section, and then often it will loop you back around to an, an exit point. Yeah. But even when it doesn't, like, you know where you're, I, I always knew basically the direction I was trying to go in, you know, so even if I took some bad turns. One of the things that Super Metroid does really well, I think, is uh, when you have to backtrack uh, through mostly Norfair is like the biggest one where you're coming mm-hmm. back to multiple times. You have new movement abilities. First, it's right, you get the space right. jump, right? You can jump higher. Yeah. Then yeah. you get Which the felt great. Yeah, the space jump. I do. I really did like that moment for what it's worth. Yeah, and then you get uh the dash, right, where you can run fast, and then you accidentally learn about the shine spark where you can jump really like high right like each time you're having to move through the space you have new options for moving through it and i think that will that really makes that backtracking like a lot easier and like by the end if you like kind of if 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 it clicks with you getting the space jump means you can go wherever you want and like basically ignore enemies by flying through them a lot of the time except for like a few times where the game's like no you have to fight uh this one because it's uh, immune to uh but for the rest of the space when you're going by you're like fuck them all yeah yeah (laughs) totally totally um all right this next uh person writes in and speaking of of the things you were just talking about kato uh, Anonymous says, I love the invisible environmental t- t- tutorials in Super Metroid, the green ostrich teaching you how to shine spark, the three green gremlins teaching you to wall <laughs> jump while singing the upgrade music. Uh, they reward a player for noticing them, but don't punish a player for not noticing or understanding them or skipping them, i.e. tutorials that are nonverbal or verbally cryptic uh, that are visually distinct enough or even metaphorical or representational that you don't know are tutorials. They have to be sufficiently instrumental, so not just puzzles to be solved themselves, mechanical so not just lore that that won't help you play the game and optional so not for a non-advanced technique are there any other such tutorials or hints you can think of in later metroids and metroidvanias and other exploration games uh myself i like when card games do this with not just lore flavor text that have invisible hints about a card's rule text uh gmtk talks about how half-life 2 subconsciously primes you uh, to gravity gun a saw into a zombie um p.s thank you austin and kata for saving these wonderful benevolent little critters from dying on stream pps even though patrick and most of the chat wanted to let them die frown <laughs> i think we were just trying to prioritize our friend austin i appreciate his ability to complete the game is i appreciate our- I believed. Also, i always believed it. we had the time Ver- verbally yeah. <laughs> cryptic is just a good turn of phrase like that yeah, yeah. don't know mm-hmm. where else i would use it just um memory banking the <laughs> yeah. phrase uh-huh. verbally cryptic <laughs> Um, let me know when that shows up in a in a piece in six months yeah, yeah. That this is where it came from <laughs> yeah um yeah what i can't think of anything else that does this offhand it's one of those things where like i need to open up the giant bomb wiki page for this mm. to see Do you I know mean, what it, i mean it, i mean it's, it's fun, they mentioned the half-life 2 thing but like that was like a big part of half-life mm-hmm. people talking mm-hmm. about like what was important about half-life 2 was right. like a lot of the ways that it taught you in the environment like how does how to do a puzzle how mm. to interact with a mechanic yeah. um 
I feel like that stuff think, is like fa- that stuff's like fairly that's really modern. Like that's not a thing yeah. that really. I'm sure there are other examples in 2D games if we like people looked them up and like write in and told us. But I feel like that is because of the complexity of 3D space and like is, is a more modern uh, sort of like mechanism of interacting with the the player. I think yeah, I think the like prime example of this is the Souls games as a. As a as a whole, just like the tutorialization of the combat itself is yeah. like invisible technically, but ah, the is, games start I, with um uh, uh, things you interact with on the ground that say press R one to swing your sword. No, but I mean more like the way you learn how combat works in Souls games. Not just like yeah, press the button to do the thing, but like this second level of like yeah, technically you could always wall jump, but you don't get taught it until the little green. It's like teaching you the thing you already like the difference between teaching you this button does this thing versus you have to um often bait out an attack before you attack an enemy in souls right you learn that by getting hit a bunch and being like well wait can i dodge that right that sort of tutorialization versus the like yeah they obviously do have the button tutorials which i think is just knowing the controls are just different uh, I have two things here. The first is I typed invisible tutorials, giant bomb, hoping that there'd be an invisible mm-hmm. tutorials, tutorials, mm-hmm. combat page or a uh, concept. Instead page. You just got a yeah. list of ghost games. Instead, I got a uh, giant bombcast Goatee 2015 Austin's invisible ink pitch, which is <laughs> funny. Uh, uh, I think that game does this pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but more important, the thing that I was going to actually say is like, I, I'm going to push back on the idea that, that this didn't happen much in 2d games because i mean the first thing that comes about is of course another metroid thing <laughs> the the famous like school of design one of the things that gets taught often or, or that i've i've heard taught often or seen taught often in game design uh is there's lots of ways in which developers can it can implicitly guide a player towards a certain mindset to then pursue techniques that will let them play the game and the well, one why, that gets why, up, why yeah i guess why why do you jump on a goomba why do you jump on a goomba uh why do you know to bl- to break blocks in mario the right. best ex- one of my favorite examples of this is from metroid which is in the original metroid you don't go to the right you you can't progress if you go to the right first yeah. this happens you have it to happens go left in- and get Super, Super Metroid too, but it already yeah. ha- but it already happened in Metroid. So go, yeah, yeah. going back to that, you have to go left to get the morph ball in Metroid, and that tells the player who maybe has only ever played games where you go to the right up, up to that point that oh, in this game I have to go left sometimes. Yeah, in this game I have to explore the entire space. Um, and I I think if you actually went back and and if we went back and like did a study of bit, most important you know NES games, we would find little techniques like that all the time. Um, uh, I mean, this, this again goes a lot of things people have talked about with like the early Mega Man games teaching you stuff, Mm -hmm. um, uh, through their, through their design. I think a lot of the, the ways that like levels are designed in the early Castlevania games, um, a lot of that stuff is like, and in general, I would say game design is often about like, Hey, here's a new technique. You can do this here because there's a lot of open space. Now we're going to add some constraints. Now we're going to add some more constraints. I think part of what this question speaks to, though, is what you – somewhat we're talking about, like, how do you jump on a Goomba, is, well, explicit tutorials didn't exist. Like, it wasn't wasn't a concept. And so these are tutorials without text, um, given a a play space for the player to interact and and be guided towards a thing. Whereas what is is here is, like, a specific, advanced, like – 
technique yes. in which yeah, is like, that's different. It's an Easter egg. It, it is an Easter egg in mechanical form um, that is like operating on a different level than how do I play this game and the game having to teach you without putting up words on the screen to to do so. <laughs> right. And that is much harder for me to think of because. Right. It's it's so rare that that I mean, and, and here there's even stuff that's like, oh, yeah, if you'd watch the attract screen, you would right, have learned the attract to screen. Do. What the fuck you talking about? That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> rules. Um, and even the attract screen doesn't, as far as I know, tell you the button combinations to, to do it, which I guess I, not. Right. No, it just God. shows it shows Samus. It shows the screen. Right. So it has the the power bomb selected and it shows mm-hmm. Samus charging up a, a shot and then the shield appearing so it's like i want to know infer, who discovered it kind right of, who yeah you yeah. can infer a lot of things once we know the yeah. cheat code i want to know <laughs> i still want to know i mean was who, that a player discovery or was right. that nintendo power publishing it and then everybody point. right yeah doing it like yeah. I, i'm i'm so curious if yeah. that, I, that's probably impossible maybe impossible to know but i'm 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 so curious to know how that got out uh wider totally um vehemently writes in because i have two questions one is a softball one is a big question one what is your favorite theme in super metroid i really like the meridia themes i like a lot of them i i I like have gone back and now listened through to various like covers of all the super metroid music uh over the last week which is not i'm not like a big video game music person um uh but but i really like the like i said rinse our depths i really like the um the ghost ship stuff i really like the uh there's there's one boss theme that i really like and i can't remember which one it is i have to like pull up a, a track list <laughs> uh kato how about you um i think something about the like uh upgrade room music is really it's really good mm, it's kind of like sure. it's kind of has the same sure. feel as like save room music in resident yeah. evil almost of just like oh oh i'm about to get something Oh, there's something here. That that little beep boop beep. Right. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. That one. Um, it's just like a yeah. really good signal in game, and I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what I really like is there's that there's the, um, it's just I don't know if it's like the space pirates theme, but it's like the da 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 do do that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, Um, that is good. A lot of good songs on that. Just a lot of good songs. All right, second part of this question. Is Metroid Mecha? I'll try to be quick about this, but I've wanted to hear y'all talk (laughs) about this for years. While Metroid is not literally a game about giant robots, I think Samus's power suit often functions like a mech in a thematic sense. Through her suit, Samus is enabled to expand her capacities radically beyond her typical means. This empowers her to take things, uh, take on things that are both physically overpowering, but also emotionally, such as confronting Ridley, a character who literally killed and ate Samus's mother. Didn't know that about Ridley. Woof. Woof. Uh, this is a pretty positive take on Mecha, and it's why I think a trans metaphor here is so fruitful. Still, Samus has to deal with repercussions of her suit. Uh, in its failings and corruption throughout the series, Samus also constantly confronts the inverse seen in her antagonists. The villains of the Metroid series are often, are often biomechanical creatures that are empowered to, rec- to wreak havoc 
uh, or the culmination of unforeseen consequences. A theme that consistently appears in the Metroid series is a relationship and intersections between the natural and the constructed, the ecological and the mechanical, the biological and the technical, technological. And it's something I hope continues to get explored in the series and in dread uh, that I feel that I find fascinating. And while I think attempts to explore Samus's interiority have typically stumbled, I do think there's a lot of potential for what her story could be vehemently. Thank you for reading this as thanks. Here's my favorite Metroid lore image, the formation of the Galactic Federation. <laughs> Truly an incredible image. Oh my wow. god. Yeah, it's like a little That's bird amazing. alien. You know, I was watching robot, uh, Sesame Street this morning. I seem to remember this. Uh, <laughs> the Galactic <laughs> Federation was, yeah. was founded. Here, here it is. Incredible image. Can you put this in the image in the uh, episode description? Oh, Kata? totally. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, I'll get you a direct link to it so that you can you can grab it because Google <laughs> this, Docs. This is looks bad very about much this. like the original meetings Austin and I had talking yeah, about what would Waypoint. What become. is what is Waypoint? What could we do with Waypoint? This is us. It's, that's you, me, Danica, and Joel in one of our early meetings. <laughs> Who is <clears> this? Um, hmm. So yeah, hmm, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> that left one actually kind of looks like the Waypoint uh, uh, owl. Now that I think about it, that. Danica yeah, had commission yeah. just shaved. So um I like this I like this read generally about what makes Metroid really interesting, uh, or about what makes yeah. Samus interesting. I think that all this stuff is right. Um I I don't it doesn't read as a mecha story to me largely because Samus and the suit are the same thing um in so many ways. They, there is corruption, but Sam when Samus mm-hmm. moves her arm, the arm of the suit moves, right? And a thing, the thing I like the most about mecha fiction, or the, if I had to zero in on one thing that is essential for me to ch- a checkbox, I have to check. It's that a pilot has an intention, and then there is a mediation, a, a technological mediation that they have to overcome in order to make the thing do the thing. Um, or at least that's the mecha fiction that I that, that responds well to me. Obviously, I, I think if you get into super robot spaces, that crumbles a little bit but this is why i'm a real robot and not a super is part of why i tend to be a real and also plenty of super robot stuff does do this um but that to me that technological mediation not just a technological inner interface but literally that the to do a regular thing you know in the very very most grounded parlance it's like you have to reach out and grab the joystick to do it right you have to reach out and touch a, a keypad um uh that is is the thing that separates it and makes it it's not just that there is human mechanical interface it's that the interface is itself troubled and uh uh needs to be understood um where samus seems so competent and so like samus is in an exosuit not a mech to me right um and exosuit fiction also good but it doesn't need to be mecha fiction to to be able to be hitting in fact most mecha fiction fails to talk about you know, uh, uh, bio, bio, uh, mechanical uh, relationships and ecological questions. Right. Much of it is, is just kind of flat. Not all of it, much of it is around those things. Um, uh, but think- when it does, it's often because of these, that, that, that mediation. Yeah. I definitely think like fusion is the one that is hitting that, hitting that, that sort of theme the hardest. And, um, it, that's like the good part of the fusion fiction is yeah, like yeah i you know i just don't connect to it's so weird you watch me play this game yeah and i didn't pop off like at all i popped off like early against a couple of bosses maybe but like beating mother brain didn't mean shit to me beating ridley right. didn't like even after all of what ridley gave me i didn't like i wasn't hyped when that happened and a huge part of that is a fa- like 
we spent a lot of time talking about how good it is that there isn't a lot of lore in this game, but I feel no connection to Samus or to or to the world of Metroid or what her objectives are here. I think that it's a great I really love it as a tone piece, but I just don't have and again, I I'm playing through Fusion now, and so mm. maybe this is where by the end of it I'll have a deeper connection to her. Um but I it doesn't resonate in any way uh, uh, beyond the tone, the tonal way, like narratively. I mean, think about the questions I was asking about, like, are these people that we're fighting? Because right. I can't tell that they are. I can't tell right. what they want, what their desires are, uh, where I where my desires intersect with theirs. I'm not even really sure why Samus cares about this situation. Like, is it because she's getting paid well to deal with it? Is it because she thinks that this is like disastrous and that it's her responsibility to stop it because no one else can like i i don't know and i don't necessarily want like big cutscenes where she's exploring that because i don't think they'd be good mm-hmm. um but i do think that my failure to like be excited about a lot of those things uh connects to my the the space between me and samus mm-hmm. um ironically the biggest one of the biggest ways in which i'm separated from samus is one of the ways in which maybe i could make a case that this is a mecha game which is samus ain't ain't you know struggling with controls but i am <laughs> i am yeah. the controller and my failure to to if that maps if samus really feels the way i feel trying to string together uh shine sparks or whatever right. then you know what it is a mecha game right for sure because she's also struggling the way i yeah. am um so that's my read on this. Kyle, do you have more? Yeah, someone who's yeah, played I mean, more of these games. No, I was just yeah. The, that was mostly the point is that I think that uh, Fusion actually tries to talk about biological and the techno, like the technological and all mm-hmm. that in in the way that Samus's suit is both corrupted and then also like more attack. Like you're right that it feels like pretty like one to one already, but like they make that even more explicit through the situation she finds herself in infusion right um, right and then right there's a lot of unlocking abilities that are in her yeah versus versus finding a new missile you know what i mean like yeah. she's literally downloading missile data a lot or killing a monster and you know sucking out the the jump juice you know yeah <laughs> that's what it's called i'm pretty sure uh <laughs> um patrick can you read this one from tristan i can From what I gleaned from the stream, you played Super Metroid well enough to save a few times and rarely replay bosses, whereas I have trouble playing the game despite enjoying what I've played. I never owned a Super Nintendo or even Sega Genesis, and feel and presentation seem alien to me. It made me wonder how video games have expanded on their, quote, language from where they were when Metroid came out, enough that you understood how to play the game, but where I had trouble. Uh, I guess you can start with this because they're specifically speaking to your. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Oh, if you have something to say, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it, Patrick. You like or something jumped to mind? No, my, my observation is just like th- th- this genre is so intrinsic to like modern video games, and it's just going back to Super Metroid. You're you're deploying a lot of yeah. techniques and learned experience from a. There was a lot of like I know video game moments. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, yeah. oh, I bet there's a thing in this room. I've seen this trick before because Super right. Metroid popularized the trick. But I wonder if there's like a, a sort of active translation happening there for me where I'm like, I can see that this is a situation where there's probably something in this room because nothing is marked on this room and right. there were no enemies in this room. I bet there's something in this room, but I know how to read that in this game, in the like 2D action platformer exploration game thing in a way that maybe Tristan 
couldn't see because I don't know. I don't know if Tristan's like mostly plays 3D polygonal games. I don't know what the, I mean, obviously again, did, didn't have a, a Super Nintendo or Sega Genesis. Um, so I'm very curious about like, if you've never played a game, if you haven't played a Hollow Knight or a Guacamelee or a Axiom Verge or a, a, um, a Dead Cells even, like, is there something core about the presentation of here's a 2D space? That you can, it's open to explore versus. Well, those, I mean, those games are at the, those point taking tropes and subverting and expanding on tropes because mm-hmm. they become tropes, right? They, they become right. like ingrained, like ingrained language to how we talk about certain games, mm-hmm. where they, it goes unexplained because, well, you're just going to know or you're going to pick up on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Super Metroid, again, because it's a foundational text, is sort of like you have to pick up on its language, like you have to learn, right. hey. Every room in this game in this game means something. Yeah. And so a room is not just a room and an empty room is almost certainly hiding something, which makes it funny slash frustrating in the moments where you do something where it's like, oh, yeah, I, I mm-hmm. see you designer. Like, I know what you did with this layout. And then there's nothing. And you're like, the hell, man. Like, <laughs> like I, I thought we were talking. Like, I thought I was picking I up what you were putting is, down. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I can certainly see. If you have not played a lot of these games or skipped like straight to 3D in which mm-hmm. they're just, uh, you know, I was like even just Googling 3D Metroidvania. It's like the genre just doesn't super exist in like 3D as as much. There are elements of it. Right, but like right. what we're speaking to here is like something fairly specific to the like, you know, the 2D plane and presentation. Um, I can definitely see how as we as we. You know, I specifically pointed out the open, like the kind of like quiet uh, nature of Super Metroid could also result in somebody going like, I don't know what to, what? Like, yeah. uh, you, know, you, you, you don't know what to pick up. You're like, you can't pick up what someone's putting down if you don't know that they're putting something down. Right. And I don't even, I, when I first, when you first finished reading this uh, uh, email, I what popped into my brain was manuals as being a big difference. Oh, but sure. I don't even know that the manual would help in this case, in that case. Right. Like maybe, maybe give you some to anchor yourself by, right. You know? Right. The manuals are hyper specific. I mean, like, yes. it, like the manuals are tell you all the upgrades, what they do. It tells you what the, what the different doors do. So I, it's, it's interesting. Right. I would be so curious, like, you know, what, what was the conversation? And th- I mean, this is true. This is not just Super Metroid. This is like, go read old game manuals and they're hyper-specific. But it's like, you you see, as like as Kata was pointing out, like, you know, we talked about the lack of tutorials. Uh, but, no, they exist. Yeah. Like, they're they're written in the manual. Like, <laughs> the manual. Is the, yeah. I'm now looking at this manual for the first time. I didn't do it while y'all were on, while we, we y'all were streaming. I was streaming because I was streaming. Uh, I love this map of the game world that I hadn't seen that is just like a loose map of yeah. where everything is. Starship, Wreck Ship, Criteria, Britain Star, Torian, etc. And it's all just there, but yep. very abstracted from what's actually, you know, there. Um, what, did you do when, uh, what did you do when you... God, this is oh, so funny. I was just going to say, ahead. technically, it's Samus' second time here. So, like, it makes sense. You've got a kind of fuzzy sense of where things were. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> What I was going to say, like, you know, what did, what did you do? My, you know, this is a very common memory, but like when you went to go buy a game or rent a game, you sat right. in the back seat, oh, you, yeah. your parents handed you oh the box and you read the manual. So now imagine, it's interesting to be like, damn, it's like so much is so understated in Super Metroid. It just doesn't say very much. But 
in the, the mag. But I in think the, the experience manual. for the vast majority of people, yeah, was unless you, you know, I guess rental stores, like it, you know, was not always universal that you were going to get a, a manual, um, or if you got the manual, were all the pages there the were pages, they legible? Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But if, if we're speaking to the experience of like buying a game and bringing it home. You spent that time obsessing over that manual in right. the twenty-minute drive yep. home because there was nothing else to do, right. and and then you get. To I don't know how that influenced me playing Super Metroid, but it sure. is it, it is clear that it did. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was true for all sorts of games of, of that era. A huge example here is definitely like the grappling beam. It shows you what the grappling beam uh, block yeah. looks like. So yep. then, when you're playing it, you see that, and you're like, oh. I will get I can't a, do that yet. I, I can't do that yet because I don't have the grappling beam. I know that's going to be a thing right. later. And then yep. you like leave yep. and you go, right? Like that's yeah. def- this is definitely part of why I had such a trouble with my very first play around as a kid. Is I, I never found this manual. I didn't have this manual. Right. I was playing on an emulator. Right. Uh, and so I didn't have that context and de- definitely like banged my head against a, a wall too many times. But um, yeah, like, like there's so much in here that is going to just will absolutely change yeah. the way you can kind of look at what what is going on in a space right like it it lets you yeah. know that the power bomb block when you see that little symbol is like oh that's a power bomb that's i don't wild. have the power bombs yet i'll come totally. back later <laughs> um yeah all this stuff is like so yeah here's the speed booster icon they melt away when samus runs into or over them great good um Here's the screw attack. It, it turns also, the suit into a weapon. The space jump and speed booster cannot be used in water unless Samus is using the gravity suit. The fact that the gravity suit existed was such a huge thing that I didn't know and like right. forced myself through. Mer- Mer- I mean, that's Meridia. on that same page. Look at the yeah. top. Gravity yeah, suit. Exactly. The suit reduces the damage from enemy attacks to one fourth, which I didn't know it did that uh, and allows you to move freely in water filled areas. Yeah, that's yeah. It's just right there. It's just right there. <laughs> it's just right there. Uh, yeah. Here's the breakdown on what how what doors are opened with what things um again all the uh the the enemy descriptions here you get home that chappy voice that's craid the boss of brinstar <laughs> giant crazy. lizard brinstar attacks samish with thorny projectiles blah 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 god this creature's weak point is unknown very funny <sighs> uh sorry i'm now just scrolling through all these great illustrations yeah um yeah Oh, the, make it short and sweet. There are several different ending sequences for the game. The sequence that you see depends on the amount of time that you log on the planet. A shorter time results in a better ending. It's said that Metroids are life forms created by an ancient civilization. Metroids engulf living creatures and absorb their energy. They're very intelligent and quick to reproduce. Fantastic. Uh, next question. Uh, Kato, can you read this, this one from DW? Yes. I hope you all enjoyed Super Metroid. It's one of my all-time favorite games. I want to share a fond memory I have of playing the game. It's Christmas in 1994, and my older brother, dad, and I got Super Metroid. We would regularly play single-player games together with them trading off the controller and me acting as a guide since I was always good at keeping maps in my head. That's how we played through the original Metroid 2. I did, uh, Metroid also. <laughs> the original Metroid. Oh, yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. This didn't last too long after the SNES days, but ah uh, well. That Christmas, we also got a big thing of assorted jelly beans. It took us a total of 20 hours of in-game time, probably about a week or two of playing, to actually beat Super Metroid, since we were bad at video games and spent so much time looking over stuff. And I'm pretty sure the jelly beans lasted the whole time. I can instantly recall the various flavors whenever I see Super Metroid, mostly the bubblegum flavor since it was the best. Do you have any flavor-slash-food associations with certain video games? Thanks, DW from Seattle. 
God, this is a good question. Yeah. I don't have an immediate answer. <laughs> I feel like I need to think on this for a full food day. Associations. Food associations. Yeah. Because I'm sure I do. Like, I'm sure there right. are food, there are things of food that if I, like, if I start eating right now, if I had one right now, I'd be like, ah, oh, Mega Man 7. Or you the know, other or way around, right? You see a game and be like, right, right, oh, right. I want, I would love I can, a yeah. blank or, right now, <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh, uh. God. But nothing's nothing's jumping to mind yeah. immediately. That's a very sweet story. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I'd be, cur- I'd be curious racking. if other pe- other people yes. have associations because I don't. I mean, I'll think on it, but I don't. I don't think I have like one. Nothing that is like this joyous. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like certainly. I'm sure I ate some garbage, you know, chocolate chip cookies while yes. you know yes. playing <laughs> games sure. in, in the room that my brother and I shared. But I I, I can't think of anything. That specific. Hmm. Yeah, I I associate um extremely hot um oh, I got like one. like uh I I don't know if they even make these at this point, but like growing up, I guess they do as like a gimmick sort of. I growing up like hot tortilla chips were like a thing you could get mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. often near me. I guess you could still get these now, right? Um, so. But like, but they're not as they weren't like they're just like in the grocery store. Right. And my dad and I used to get them all the time, like extremely not extreme. Like you know, we're not talking about like one chip challenge style tortilla chips, <laughs> but like but like spicy tortilla chips. My dad and I loved them, uh, and we would get them. And I so I associate that generally with with like if I had one of those, I would think about then going to West Coast Video and like renting a game. Uh, so like NES games in general that that era. But I, but I don't have like a very, I don't have like a one to one. Kata, what's yours? I, I remembered it. Uh, it's football games, Madden games, and Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving meals. Oh, sure. Literally, sure, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, it's it's a funny thing to do Thanksgiving uh, as you know, first gen immigrant because like we have no ties to any of the like right, origin right. of that at sure. all. It's more like that's what you do here, and also right. like through osmosis, through like cultural osmosis, I also feel like we also like in my brain was like football's a thing that happens on Thanksgiving. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So every, every Thanksgiving, me and my cousins would play the Madden of that year or the year before. It didn't matter. Just any football game. That's what we would do after we had Thanksgiving. So it's a hundred percent. Like whenever I'm like, I'd wish I isn't very often, but whenever I do think about a Madden game, I'm like, yeah, it's time for, it's time for some turkeys, time for some Get that stuffing. turkey going. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's so funny. <laughs> Uh, Patrick, you're going to read this one from Kieran? Yes. Uh, Kieran writes, uh, two, hopefully, quick questions. Which Super Metroid enemy could you beat in a fight and how? Bonus <laughs> points for picking a boss. Which fictional character, Spacey, or... I'll read it all, and then we'll, yeah. we'll revisit. Which fictional character, Spacey or otherwise, would be the perfect space cop part... Space cop slash partner for Samus... Uh, I could eat the scree, the drill bats, because they just run away, and I don't want to leave you with an easy answer. Ooh, oh, so th- they've taken uh-huh. – Kieran has taken the, the drill bats off the table. Uh, also, Andrew 18 would be the necessary foil to Sam's cop and husband lady energy. Love to all, and good luck to Austin. Cheers, Kieran from Liverpool. Well, now I'm going to pull up the, the Super Metroid uh, manual. Yeah, yeah um, look at some of these thing. enemies. I don't know that I could – I'm not trying to fight any of these fuckers. Right, in this scenario, is it 
us? It's us. In it's the us. suit? Yeah, no. No. It's just so you. I'm just down the street. I feel I'm like I could, my dog. I could kick I could punt a gamer pretty far. Super Metroid enemies. That's those What's little those little brown those in the in the little no, purple bro. ones. Bro, you're gonna break your toes like Aragorn <laughs> from getting kicking the helmet. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't even know. If I could be the scree. You look at a scree like the way they're drawn, like the way that they are. They yeah. actually look. They get like razor wings, dog. And that's why it hurts when it falls on your head. But the, yeah. I think the idea here is that they won't. Could fall I on win in a? But also, I guess, could I win in a fight? Not could I? Not am I going to get untouched? Right. right? If right. I, it's not I, like I just have to win stomp. the fight. I feel like the gamers are low to the ground. Easy to step on look at these multiple times. Gamer, let's see here. Gamer. Oh, I want to. I want to. You know, step on a gamer. You want to step on one of these. You want to kick it. You want to kick it right in this face. Yeah, you have to land the kick in the face. If you miss, <laughs> you're done. I was making. They don't look as spiky in the game. They don't look as spiky in the game at all. <laughs> they don't. No, they don't. Look, they don't look that spiky. Uh, I mean, look. Could I? What? what if, if I'm just picking, like, look. You know who doesn't attack? Rippers. They just exist. What are I would rippers? say hello to are that ripper. The... They're the, the little floaty ones that you can yeah, freeze but, and turn into a platform. But they're invincible. You're gonna, Hi, how are you going to beat them in a fight? Yeah. Oh, you know, I, I left the room. I left the room. Oh, that means Passive. you won. That the, means you've won. The real answer is the fire fleas, which are just big fireflies. We those we could probably we could probably they don't attack. Oh, yeah, they just flow. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Whack yeah. Them. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, now you're in the dark, and then one of the other enemies in Metroid is gonna come get that's you. That's true. So, this is what I so who really so. won is the question there. <laughs> mm, you got me there. You do got me there, don't you? Um, uh, God, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I would go with. That's probably the safest one. That's probably the safest. I one. would befriend Crocomire. Oh, yeah, nice. Did not Krakomar didn't, didn't seem like deserve that. Didn't want to yeah. be there. Didn't didn't the really want to already melting off when you get there. Yeah. Like oh, what the, the fuck only is this? enemy in the game that is not on aggro. You have to attack. I mean, like Krakomar is minding his own fucking business. Yeah, you're right. What the fuck? Gamets are shelled enemies found within Norfair on Zebus. These look gross. One, but then I have follow up here. This is. Yeah. So in in game, these are the little these are the little guys with the like the wings. The uh, I'll send you a picture of it with this thing, right? But oh. that also appears in the Kevin in Video Land episode of Captain and and the Game Master, and they it look looks like, like this. Helmets. They look. Oh God! Yeah. Oh, what is it's. I don't like it. I'd be. I would mm. fight this. Mm. This got, I would that fight. That face is not. That's I gotta too, kick this. In too the normal face. of a face. That's just a human face. Well, I don't that, feel so bad about fighting it. Honestly, little claws. It looks yeah, like a. a it looks like a like a in, in game. It looks like a piece of like a helmet, like an armored helmet. It does. Right? It does. And then yeah. this drawing like of it though helmet. makes it much uh, more terrifying. It's like a anglerfish almost. But it like really the is. light is in the floating, just completely alone in its mouth. Yeah, nothing around. All right, it. so who who would be a good bounty hunting partner for for Samus? Space. Can we, can we, can we get Space. Samus on the on the uh, 
Cowboy Bebop team, get out there. You know, <laughs> I think she would. <laughs> I get out there, I think space she's cowboy. Too, she's too. I would love a crossover episode. Yeah, she's so good at what she does. Right. They she's would just too be competent. like, she's, yeah, she's like super competent. <laughs> Spike is very upset. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like the the fact that every shot is landing on yeah, this mission. Exactly. <laughs> she didn't waste a single shot at all. Uh, Rex from Mass Effect. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good. It'd be very oh fun. It'd be very fun, in my in my opinion. Um, it's just so grumpy. Just yeah, exactly. I think I read Samus as kind of grumpy, which I like yeah, about. Yeah. I like this is this. I don't dislike Samus. I do have. I have like a maybe my. You know what? Maybe the reason I don't pop off after a boss fight. You know who doesn't pop off? Samus. Samus, Samus has places to go. Yeah. Maybe I've completely synced with Samus. Actually, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. All right, I killed something. Great. I got to keep going. I'm just. I still got work to do. It's um, infinite, not zero. Um, you know, there's you could like reimagine Super Metroid pretty easily, like as, as a horror game. Like it's spooky, it's scary. Austin didn't want to play as a kid. Yeah, yeah Isaac Clark, yeah, and Samus like <laughs> together. together. Yeah. Like power I think Isaac could have used some help. Oh, fighting big those time. what do they call them? The Necroids or whatever those things are called. That sounds uh, right. That sounds right. Um, sure. What if Samus becomes like? Uh, who I'm about to reveal that I don't know. Gru, Gru is Gru the name of the character from the, the where the minions originated? The minions, yeah, it is. No, what I, I wasn't was sure. You seen the Mandalorian? Mandalorian I think not, not Grogu, <laughs> <laughs> but also the Mandalorian is a good one. Uh, uh, what if, what if the Metroid? What if the Metroid? Jeez, what if Samus, uh-huh. comma the Metroid? What if Samus? <laughs> Got a bunch of Kerbins from Kerbal Space Program, and they were like her minions from oh Despicable Me. That would be oh good. My God. That would be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like running around. I feel like those animals. She start. Uh, you know. You know what? Yeah. She's yeah. going in that those direction. Those animals show up again. And those animals. Those animals. Those animals show up again in Fusion. And I did pop off for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was fucking big. Yeah. And like it's just it's a great little moment, and it's, it's so good, good, and we move on. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Anyway. Uh, only a couple more here. Um, hey, Waypoint Crew, this comes in from Steve. Curious to hear any thoughts about the entrance to Torian that is unlocked by defeating each of the four major bosses in the game. The, this format of using bosses as locks is now so common, it would almost be uncommented on. But when I, I was a child playing through the game, the way it was set up really got to me. The fact that you almost certainly find the room before actually defeating any of the bosses, the ominous music, and the sound of running water. The way the statues can sort of look like one giant beast rather than four distinct entities. Uh, ever, uh, even once I returned and saw Craig's body turned to stone and realized what it represented, it gave a sense of anticipation and wonder about the monsters I was going to have to fight and what would happen when the last gem shattered. I hope you enjoyed your playthrough. Thanks for all the time and thought you put into your conversations around games, Steve. Thank you, Steve. It does have a a, um, a Mega Man quality to yeah. it. Of mm. like, you're not. This is not a game in which you can. Unless you're like truly sequence breaking, pick your path, right? Like it's it's moving you along a path in an order, right? But um, similar to a Mega Man game in which it's just like, who you want to fight? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the fact that the game is just like, here's who you're who you're gonna fight, um, is cool. Like it it's, is cool. It is an instance in which by tipping part of your hand, you're actually enhancing the fun for the player yeah. as opposed to leaving it completely. Uh, you know, because you don't know how big 
Kraid actually right. is. And right. Like that that is point. still a fun yeah. reveal. Yeah. 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 It's really the reveal. Like, is imagine not knowing what Kraid is and then playing this for the first time and being like, oh my fucking God. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I liked it. I, I, I do think some of the magic did wasn't there for me because of how common this general thing is now. Yeah. But I think the actual statue design itself is is very sick. So yeah. um Also the like uh, double also, like the double break of like the gem breaks and then the, something their soul question mark fucking yeah. flies out of that thing. I yeah. don't know what it was, but it seemed cool and spooky. But it seemed cool. Like, it yeah. seemed cool. You're not wrong. <laughs> Um, I'll read this next one really quick. This is from this is from Slowbeef, who I mean I'll just read. Let's play Super Metroid by Slowbeef. That's me. Is the second video let's play ever. And also uh had had not only the first instance of co-commentators, but the first woman on a let's play, Heidi Kemps, who went by uh Savalian at the time and does a lot of freelance game journalism now. Heidi's written for Waypoint in the past, huh, in fact. Cool. Uh, often about uh uh speedrunning. Um this is I like one of the things that I think is important to think about when it comes down to Super Metroid is its importance in the culture. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's like centrality to early GD or to like the the early early quote unquote GDQs, the ones that that were streamed and became big and like Super Metroid as the end of that stream. So often the you know save the animals or not thing. Um, and I I had not realized that this is basically like Slow Beef is not wrong here. Also shout out to Slow Beef, like. I went back and watched some of the first video Let's Play. For people who don't know the history of Let's Plays, Let's Plays, Let's Plays emerge out of form culture, and sp- the, the Let's Plays that that Slowbeef was doing were, were from the something awful forms. Uh, you could draw a connection back to actual play reports to APs, which were tabletop game and war game, or after action reports for war games. Uh, uh, to, to basically people would go on a message board or a, uh, a, um, why am I blanking on, uh, uh, like a list serve basically and say, Hey, you know, Kato came over and we played the Bloodborne board game, or I mean, really what it would be would be like, Kato came over and we played DNBN Foo or whatever. And, <laughs> and here's how that worked. And here's like the moves that we each took. And here are some highlights of this war game that we played. And eventually that became, Hey, I ran, I ran uh, my Vampire the Masquerade game last night. Here's what happened in it. And eventually that became, Hey, I'm going to play through Metroid on the NES and take a bunch of screenshots and post about it and break it down. Um, and do some like fan art and people in the forum will do some fan art for it. And eventually that became, here is a video of me commentating over a video of, or over a game that I'm playing live. Um, and I just, as an aside, I have a piece called who invented let's play videos. There were for Kotaku. Oh, like, nice. Six or seven years ago in which I talked to slow, to beef, slow beef, kind of, yeah. kind of walk you through some of this. If you want an expansion, please go dig of- into it. My, the, the best thing about this IMO <laughs> is, if you go watch the first episode of or the first entry of The Immortal, which is the first video Let's Play that Slow Beef did, it begins uh, or it says it was in the first minute because no, no one had done it. Right. So, like, you have to explain what you're doing. Slow Beef says, if you've ever seen a DVD, you know how they do director's commentary and stuff. Well, imagine if some jackass who was not involved in the creation of the movie <laughs> at all decided to just comment on what he thought watching the movie would be like. Will Harvey made the game, and then there's a sound that goes like, Pfft. Uh, you can hear me opening a beer there. And um, I don't know who the hell Will Harvey is or if he made any other games, but 
and like that's it that's all we and from there <laughs> forward here's twitch baby modern like, video game commentary commentary was born. was born exactly and like like dead ass like so much of what is games like culture is right there is like i didn't make this game but you're gonna hang out with me we're gonna play it i'm gonna have a beer and uh i don't know who made like, i don't know anything special but like let's just hang out and do this um also it's just so fun to me that the second one is super metroid and the first one is ea's the immortal <laughs> a game that i don't <laughs> think anybody listens i i would bet six percent of people listening know what the, know anything I don't know. about this. i don't know i bet patrick you're gonna see the art and you're like oh yeah i saw this at rental stores a hundred percent because it's a very it's a very memorable box art guy. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, uh-huh. yes. 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 Because I used to see this guy and be like, "That's Vigo from That's Vigo with a beard." Uh-huh. Vigo from uh, uh, Ghostbusters Two is is how I always Vigo the Carpathian. Right. Vigo the Carpathian. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Of course. Oh, Scourge of Carpathia. Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's so funny that, that that is that, and then yes, like Super Metroid, then. The Slowbeef's second second video let's play and and incredible like people want play a game and talk about it is is has been going on now since then and has changed in many ways. Um but I think the my favorite stuff still very much is I don't know, you're playing through the game and chatting about shit. So chat out to Slowbeef. Thanks for writing in. I um, just I just pasted in our chat the, the oh, orc and fantastic. the wizard. That's that's it I I actually that's, don't remember the cover wow, art that that's video much, games. but it's that it's that it's the orc and the wizard oh image God. that like sticks out in my mind is like, this oh, is, right. I've seen that a billion times. This is art to me. Yeah. This is high art. The orc <laughs> and the wizard. EA games, 1982 or whatever. Uh, <laughs> the immortal is on Has steam. Be- is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout outs. What? <laughs> Congrats. Not to- released by EA, like released by, uh, Pico Interactive looks like a studio huh. that huh. Uh, grabs a bunch of a lot of older games. Will Harvey, of course, would go on to make Marble Madness or had already made Marble Madness at this point. So definitely did. And also. IMVU and there to to now defunct, but also probably sold for lots of money uh, uh, tech companies. IMVU, the instant messenger, and then there this sort of like uh, Second Life esque virtual world um anyway uh always interesting to think about about the shit that we do and where it came from Mm -hmm. um finally last one comes in here from kavan who says dear waypoint crew one of my favorite things about super metroid was the attack screen scenes or the the attract screen scenes that uh uh showed wild moves that i as a young child had no way of figuring out i unfortunately didn't watch the streams did Austin perform a crystal flash or any of the other moves shown in the attract screens, but never explained? Absolutely. <laughs> well, I did the absolutely not, but I did do the once we learned about them, I did show off the charged attacks that like spend a bomb to do a special thing, depending on what single beam upgrade you have equipped. Yeah, um, I wish I'd ha- I wish I'd known the crystal flash. I would have at least tried it in the Ridley fight once if I had known it because I had enough stuff. To where mm, yeah. I could have used super missiles down to ten. I could have used. I wasn't going to touch my fucking super bombs in that fight. I could have used missiles down to ten, and then I, around then is when I would end up being low health anyway. Right, and I would have been able to at least give it one shot. You know, um, because you have to be at fifty health or under to try it. 
which means it's a real risk. But from what I've seen looking at videos, it's just short enough that I think it's possible to sneak it in during an attack cycle. So, you know, um, there we go. Any final thoughts on Super Metroid before we wrap up? Good game. Yeah, I'm glad we played it. I'm glad yeah. I have it. Like, I, I'm glad I have it done. I'm going to probably finish uh, Metroid Fusion. Um, I might slow down. I wanted to get deep into it so I could think about it in relation to this game before we did this. Um, uh, I, I like it a lot, and I wish it was just available on Switch directly. Yep. Uh, there's no... I guess I heard some rumors that Game Boy and Game Boy Color games I'd be coming Oh, that Switch. cracked... Uh, yeah, <laughs> really enjoyed baiting Will Smith into my shitpost on that on Twitter. That was good. Well, wait, wait, what was your shitpost? I think I, I quoted one of the... According... Uh, to set this up, according to a data mine from yeah. several years ago, uh, Nintendo has a number of emulators that they have produced in-house... And there was a reportedly evidence of uh, ones for the Game Boy and the Game Boy Color. And th- th- that I, I don't know where that leads into speculation, like whether it's a, you know, with today's flavor of Nintendo Insider um, is, is suggesting that Game Boy and Game Boy Color may be coming to right. uh, the Switch Online uh, uh, service. Um, anyway, I quote tweeted that and was just and just said, uh, I loved Metroid Fusion on the Game Boy Color, um, <laughs> to which Will reasonably replied, wasn't that on GBA to which a friend of the show, Casey Malone replied, get his ass. Will just really <laughs> encouraging the behavior. Um, uh, and then maybe an hour later, uh, Bill responding with, ah, it was a shit post. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I wish it was available because, because yeah. I think seeing that relationship and then again, seeing the no that- jury would convict. Let me just say, <laughs> yeah, go have fun. Go do your thing. The, evi- yeah. the evidence, if you were to tell uh, a group of your of your of your peers, gamers or otherwise, like they have this brand new game coming out and they didn't release it in any format that you could legally purchase it other than getting a Wii U and logging out of the virtual console. Set him free. Set him free. Set fusion. Set the SAX. Set her free. <laughs> <laughs> That mo- that moment to- is like highlight moment. Like the the reveal yeah. of one of the main antagonists in that game is fantastic. Um uh again, I'm a little over halfway through it now and I wish there was a little bit I wish there was a little bit more of it. I'm not as spooked out by that game as I was even like Super Metroid is still a spooky game to me even though I was playing it in yeah. the day of light with y'all. Well, Fusion reason- is going from more of like the it leans a bit more into the body horror element of, yeah. of, yes. of Metroid it's like gross that has always existed. More than it's- yes. Yeah, exactly. More than it's like atmospheric. Um, uh, I don't. I don't. I, there's some of the bosses I don't love as much. There's there are a couple that I think are really good, but in general, I think the it made me appreciate the designs of the main bosses in Super Metroid a lot. They're just so big and bright. And again, this is a portable game, so I'm not surprised that these are yeah. smaller and less. I mean, there's some that like come in and off the screen because they're doing wild shit. So it's not like that. that there are no cool bosses <laughs> i think i could like the super metroid ones more um but the it's just so fun to track through the metroid series the arc of of games and and again tutorialization uh and how and how information is presented to the player i'm so curious how metroid dread is going to be with all that stuff yeah. um mm-hmm. yeah. uh, especially having not played samus returns which i know has like some of the stuff that dread is going to have and i won't play samus returns probably um, I'm not, I'm not that desperate for Metroid at this point. Oh, so that life. just seems, that just seems like too much. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. I'll, I'll sate my, my Metroid, 
you know, uh, hunger. And then, then that'll be, that'll be, I'll, I won't end up playing dread, you know? So, so yeah, someone, someone just messaged us and said fusion. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. All right. I hope y'all enjoyed this conversation. Um, we'll be back Friday with another episode of waypoint radio. It'll be my last full time episode of, you know, maybe I'll guest again sometime in the future here or there. No, no promises. Uh, but that'll be my last waypoint radio. So tune in. I don't, I don't have any plans. Like, I'm not trying to do anything special for it. It's going to be an episode, you know, <laughs> but we'll try We'll try and do a, we got to try and do one more um, after dark. Yeah. yeah, hundred percent. That's that we have to do another after dark for sure. For sure. Uh, so maybe so that, that maybe that would release after, after technically your last, I don't yeah. know. We'll, fi- we'll figure, we'll it, figure out. it out. We'll figure it out. Before he's gone or even after he's gone, we will, <laughs> yeah. we'll, Rob and I will block Kyle Lasso, and, right, exactly. uh, wow. and, and do, do one more after dark. Damn. All right. That's going to do it for us. I hope that everybody uh, has a great rest of the week. Enjoys Super Metro. Is there like a, there's no like final message from Super Metro. What's the, what's the end screen say? See you next mission, right? See you next. Yeah. You know what? See you next mission. (laughs) Peace. Reddit, how do I exit Super Metroid? I just completed Super <laughs> Metroid. Fantastic game, by the way, on my Wii U via VC. And I'm at the ending screen, which tells you your item collecting rate and see you next mission. But I don't know how to get back to the main menu. I know that on an actual SNES resetting it would, but on the Wii U, it just takes me back to the suspension point where you left off. Any ideas? <laughs> what was the answer? Uh, you you have to bring up the the... <laughs> Someone says you can press X or tap the screen for the virtual console menu to pop up, then click reset and exit. And the OP says, I was scared to do this because I thought it might reset all the data deleting my progress. Are you sure mm. it doesn't? No response. <laughs> oh, so, no. Yep. All right. Have a good one, y'all. Bye-bye. See ya.